Alma 42 through 45 of the Book of Mormon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Luann. The Book of Mormon translated by Joseph Smith. Alma chapter 42. And now, my son, I perceive there is somewhat more which doth worry your mind, which ye cannot understand, which is concerning the justice of God in the punishment of the sinner. For ye do try to suppose that it is injustice that the sinner should be consigned to a state of misery. Now behold, my son, I will explain this thing unto thee. For behold, after the Lord God sent our first parents forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground, from whence they were taken, Yea, he drew out the man, and he placed at the east end of the garden of Eden cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the tree of life. Now we see that the man had become as God, knowing good and evil, unless he should put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live for ever, the Lord God placed cherubim and a flaming sword, that he should not partake of the fruit. And thus we see that there was a time granted unto man to repent, yea, a probationary time, a time to repent and serve God. For behold, if Adam had put forth his hand immediately, and partaken of the tree of life, he would have lived for ever, according to the word of God, having no space for repentance, yea, and also the word of God would have been void, and the great plan of salvation would have been frustrated. But behold, it was appointed unto man to die. Therefore, as they were cut off from the tree of life, they should be cut off from the face of the earth, and man became lost for ever, yea, they became fallen man. And now ye see by this that our first parents were cut off both temporally and spiritually from the presence of the Lord, and thus we see they became subjects to follow after their own will. Now behold, it was not expedient that man should be reclaimed from this temporal death, for that would destroy the great plan of happiness. Therefore, as the soul could never die, and the fall had brought upon all mankind a spiritual death as well as a temporal, that is, they were cut off from the presence of the Lord, it was expedient that mankind should be reclaimed from this spiritual death. Therefore, as they had become carnal, sensual, and devilish by nature, this probationary state became a state for them to prepare, it became a preparatory state. And now remember, my son, if it were not for the plan of redemption, laying it aside, as soon as they were dead, their souls were miserable, being cut off from the presence of the Lord. And now there was no means to reclaim men from this fallen state, which man had brought upon himself because of his own disobedience. Therefore, according to justice, the plan of redemption could not be brought about, only on conditions of repentance of men in this probationary state, yea, this preparatory state, for except it were for these conditions— mercy could not take effect except it should destroy the work of justice now the work of justice could not be destroyed if so god would cease to be god and thus we see that all mankind were fallen and they were in the grasp of justice yea the justice of god which consigned them for ever to be cut off from his presence and now the plan of mercy could not be brought about except an atonement should be made Therefore God himself atoneth for the sins of the world, to bring about the plan of mercy, to appease the demands of justice, that God might be a perfect, just God, and a merciful God also. Now repentance could not come unto men except there were a punishment, which also was eternal as the life of the soul should be, affixed opposite to the plan of happiness, which was as eternal also as the life of the soul. Now how could a man repent except he should sin? How could he sin if there was no law? How could there be a law, save there was a punishment? 
now there was a punishment affixed and a just law given which brought remorse of conscience unto man now if there was no law given if a man murdered he should die would he be afraid he would die if he should murder and also if there was no law given against sin men would not be afraid to sin and if there was no law given if men sin what could justice do or mercy either for they would have no claim upon the creature but there is a law given and a punishment affixed and a repentance granted which repentance mercy claimeth otherwise justice claimeth the creature and executeth the law and the law inflicteth the punishment if not so the works of justice would be destroyed and god would cease to be god but god ceaseth not to be god and mercy claimeth the penitent and mercy cometh because of the atonement and the atonement bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead and the resurrection of the dead bringeth back men into the presence of god and thus they are restored into his presence to be judged according to their works according to the law and justice for behold justice exerciseth all his demands and also mercy claimeth all which is her own and thus none but the truly penitent are saved what do ye suppose that mercy can rob justice i say unto you nay not one whit if so god would cease to be god and thus god bringeth about his great and eternal purposes which were prepared from the foundation of the world and thus cometh about the salvation and the redemption of men and also their destruction and misery therefore o my son whosoever will come may come and partake of the waters of life freely and whosoever will not come the same is not compelled to come but in the last day it shall be restored unto him according to his deeds if he has desired to do evil and has not repented in his days behold evil shall be done unto him according to the restoration of god and now my son i desire that ye should let these things trouble you no more and only let your sins trouble you with that trouble which shall bring you down unto repentance o my son i desire that ye should deny the justice of god no more do not endeavour to excuse yourself in the least point because of your sins by denying the justice of god but do you let the justice of god and his mercy and his long-suffering have full sway in your heart and let it bring you down to the dust in humility and now my son ye are called of god to preach the word unto this people and now my son go thy way declare the word with truth and soberness that thou mayest bring souls unto repentance and that the great plan of mercy may have claim upon them and may god grant unto you even according to my words amen chapter forty three and now it came to pass that the sons of alma did go forth among the people to declare the word unto them and alma also himself could not rest and he also went forth now we shall say no more concerning their preaching except that they preached the word and the truth according to the spirit of prophecy and revelation and they preached after the holy order of god by which they were called and now i return to an account of the wars between the nephites and the lamanites in the eighteenth year of the reign of the judges for behold it came to pass that the zoramites became lamanites therefore in the commencement of the eighteenth year the people of the nephites saw that the lamanites were coming upon them therefore they made preparations for war yea they gathered together their armies in the land of jershon and it came to pass that the lamanites came with their thousands and they came into the land of antionum which is the land of the zoramites and a man by the name of zarahemna was their leader and now as the amalekites were of a more wicked and murderous disposition than the lamanites were in and of themselves therefore zarahemna appointed chief captains over the lamanites and they were all amalekites and zoramites 
Now this he did that he might preserve their hatred towards the Nephites, that he might bring them into subjection to the accomplishment of his designs. For behold, his designs were to stir up the Lamanites to anger against the Nephites. This he did that he might usurp great power over them, and also that he might gain power over the Nephites by bringing them into bondage. Now the design of the Nephites was to support their lands, and their houses, and their wives, and their children, that they might preserve them from the hands of their enemies, and also that they might preserve their rights and their privileges, yea, and also their liberty, that they might worship God according to their desires. For they knew that if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, that whosoever should worship God in spirit and in truth, the true and living God, the Lamanites would destroy. Yea, and they also knew the extreme hatred of the Lamanites towards their brethren, who were the people of Anti-Nephi-Lehi, who were called the people of Ammon, and they would not take up arms. They had entered into a covenant, and they would not break it. Therefore, if they should fall into the hands of the Lamanites, they would be destroyed. And the Nephites would not suffer that they should be destroyed. Therefore they gave them lands for their inheritance. And the people of Ammon did give unto the Nephites a large portion of their substance to support their armies. And thus the Nephites were compelled, alone, to withstand against the Lamanites, who were a compound of Laman and Lemuel, and the sons of Ishmael, and all those who had dissented from the Nephites, who were Amalekites and Zoramites, and the descendants of the priests of Noah. Now those descendants were as numerous, nearly, as were the Nephites, and thus the Nephites were obliged to contend with their brethren, even unto bloodshed. And it came to pass, as the armies of the Lamanites had gathered together in the land of Antionum, behold, the armies of the Nephites were prepared to meet them in the land of Jershon. Now the leader of the Nephites, or the man who had been appointed to be the chief captain over the Nephites, now the chief captain took command of all the armies of the Nephites, and his name was Moroni. And Moroni took all the command, and the government of their wars, and he was only twenty and five years old when he was appointed chief captain over the armies of the Nephites. And it came to pass that he met the Lamanites in the borders of Jershon, and his people were armed with swords and with scimitars and all manner of weapons of war. And when the armies of the Lamanites saw that the people of Nephi, or that Moroni, had prepared his people with breastplates and with arm shields, yea, and also shields to defend their heads, and also they were dressed with thick clothing, now the army of Zarahemna was not prepared with any such thing. They had only their swords and their scimitars, their bows and their arrows, their stones and their slings, and they were naked, save it were a skin which was girded about their loins. Yea, all were naked, save it were the Zoramites and the Amalekites but they were not armed with breastplates nor shields. Therefore they were exceedingly afraid of the armies of the Nephites because of their armor, notwithstanding their number being so much greater than the Nephites. Behold, it now came to pass that they durst not come against the Nephites in the borders of Jershon. Therefore they departed out of the land of Antionum into the wilderness, and took their journey round about in the wilderness, away by the head of the river Sidon, that they might come into the land of Manti and take possession of the land. For they did not suppose that the armies of Moroni would know whither they had gone. But it came to pass, as soon as they had departed into the wilderness, Moroni sent spies into the wilderness to watch their camp. And Moroni, also, knowing of the prophecies of Alma, sent certain men unto him, desiring him that he should inquire of the Lord whither the armies of the Nephites should go to defend themselves against the Lamanites. And it came to pass that the word of the Lord came unto Alma, and Alma informed the messengers of Moroni that the armies of the Lamanites were marching round about in the wilderness, that they might come over into the land of Manti, that they might commence an attack on the weaker part of the people. 
and those messengers went and delivered the message unto moroni now moroni leaving a part of his army in the land of jershon lest by any means a part of the lamanite should come into that land and take possession of the city took the remaining part of his army and marched over into the land of manti and he caused that all the people in that quarter of the land should gather themselves together to battle against the lamanites to defend their lands and their country their rights and their liberties therefore they were prepared against the time of the coming of the lamanites and it came to pass that moroni caused that his army should be secreted in the valley which was near the bank of the river sidon which was on the west of the river sidon in the wilderness and moroni placed spies round about that he might know when the camp of the lamanites should come and now as moroni knew the intention of the lamanites that it was their intention to destroy their brethren or to subject them and bring them into bondage that they might establish a kingdom unto themselves over all the land and he also knowing that it was the only desire of the nephites to preserve their lands and their liberty and their church therefore he thought it no sin that he should defend them by stratagem therefore he found by his spies which course the lamanites were to take therefore he divided his army and brought a part over into the valley and concealed them on the east and on the south of the hill ripla and the remainder he concealed in the west valley on the west of the river sidon and so down into the borders of the land manti and thus having placed his army according to his desire he was prepared to meet them and it came to pass that the lamanites came up on the north of the hill where a part of the army of moroni was concealed and as the lamanites had passed the hill ripla and came into the valley and began to cross the river sidon the army which was concealed on the south of the hill which was led by a man whose name was lehi and he led his army forth and encircled the lamanites about on the east in their rear and it came to pass that the lamanites when they saw the nephites coming upon them in their rear turned them about and began to contend with the army of lehi and the work of death commenced on both sides but it was more dreadful on the part of the lamanites for their nakedness was exposed to the heavy blows of the nephites with their swords and their scimitars which brought death almost at every stroke while on the other hand there was now and then a man fell among the nephites by their swords and the loss of blood they being shielded from the more vital parts of the body or the more vital parts of the body being shielded from the strokes of the lamanites by their breastplates and their arm shields and their head plates and thus the nephites did carry on the work of death among the lamanites and it came to pass that the lamanites became frightened because of the great destruction among them even until they began to flee towards the river sidon and they were pursued by lehi and his men and they were driven by lehi into the waters of sidon and they crossed the waters of sidon and lehi retained his armies upon the bank of the river sidon that they should not cross and it came to pass that moroni and his army met the lamanites in the valley on the other side of the river sidon and began to fall upon them and to slay them and the lamanites did flee again before them towards the land of manti and they were met again by the armies of moroni now in this case the lamanites did fight exceedingly yea never had the lamanites been known to fight with such exceedingly great strength and courage no not even from the beginning and they were inspired by the zoramites and the amalekites who were their chief captains and leaders and by zarahemna who was their chief captain or their chief leader and commander yea they did fight like dragons and many of the nephites were slain by their hands yea for they did smite in two many of their headplates and they did pierce many of their breastplates and they did smite off many of their arms and thus the lamanites did smite in their fierce anger 
nevertheless the nephites were inspired by a better cause for they were not fighting for monarchy nor power but they were fighting for their homes and their liberties their wives and their children and their all yea for their rights of worship and their church and they were doing that which they felt was the duty which they owed to their god for the lord had said unto them and also unto their fathers that inasmuch as ye are not guilty of the first offence neither the second ye shall not suffer yourselves to be slain by the hands of your enemies and again the lord has said that ye shall defend your families even unto bloodshed therefore for this cause were the nephites contending with the lamanites to defend themselves and their families and their lands their country and their rights and their religion and it came to pass that when the men of moroni saw the fierceness and the anger of the lamanites they were about to shrink and flee from them and moroni perceiving their intent sent forth and inspired their hearts with these thoughts yea the thoughts of their lands their liberty yea their freedom from bondage and it came to pass that they turned upon the lamanites and they cried with one voice unto the lord their god for their liberty and their freedom from bondage and they began to stand against the lamanites with power and in that selfsame hour that they cried unto the lord for their freedom the lamanites began to flee before them and they fled even to the waters of sidon now the lamanites were more numerous yea by more than double the number of the nephites nevertheless they were driven insomuch that they were gathered together in one body in the valley upon the bank of the river sidon therefore the armies of moroni encircled them about yea even on both sides of the river for behold on the east were the men of lehi therefore when zarahemna saw the men of lehi on the east of the river sidon and the armies of moroni on the west of the river sidon that they were encircled about by the nephites they were struck with terror now moroni when he saw their terror commanded his men that they should stop shedding their blood chapter forty four and it came to pass that they did stop and withdraw a pace from them and moroni said unto zarahemna behold zarahemna that we do not desire to be men of blood ye know that ye are in our hands yet we do not desire to slay you behold we have not come out to battle against you that we might shed your blood for power neither do we desire to bring any one to the yoke of bondage but this is the very cause for which ye have come against us yea and ye are angry with us because of our religion but now ye behold that the lord is with us and ye behold that he has delivered you into our hands and now i would that ye should understand that this is done unto us because of our religion and our faith in christ and now ye see that you cannot destroy this our faith now ye see that this is the true faith of god yea ye see that god will support and keep and preserve us so long as we are faithful unto him and unto our faith and our religion and never will the lord suffer that we shall be destroyed except we should fall into transgression and deny our faith and now zarahemna i command you in the name of that all-powerful god who has strengthened our arms that we have gained power over you by our faith by our religion and by our rites of worship and by our church and by the sacred support which we owe to our wives and our children by that liberty which binds us to our lands and our country yea and also by the maintenance of the sacred word of god to which we owe all our happiness and by all that is most dear unto us yea and this is not all i command you by all the desires which ye have for life that ye deliver up your weapons of war unto us and we will seek not your blood but we will spare your lives if ye will go your way and come not again into war against us 
now if ye do not do this behold ye are in our hands and i will command my men that they shall fall upon you and inflict the wounds of death in your bodies that ye may become extinct and then we will see who shall have power over this people yea we will see who shall be brought into bondage and now it came to pass that when zarahemna had heard these sayings he came forth and delivered up his sword and his scimitar and his bow into the hands of moroni and said unto him behold here are our weapons of war we will deliver them up unto you but we will not suffer ourselves to take an oath unto you which we know that we shall break and also our children but take our weapons of war and suffer that we may depart into the wilderness otherwise we will retain our swords and we will perish or conquer behold we are not of your faith and we do not believe that it is god that has delivered us into your hands but we believe that it is your cunning that has preserved you from our swords behold it is your breastplates and your shields that have preserved you and now when zarahemna had made an end of speaking these words moroni returned the sword and the weapons of war which he had received unto zarahemna saying behold we will end the conflict now i cannot recall the words which i have spoken therefore as the lord liveth ye shall not depart except ye depart with an oath that ye will not return again against us to war now as ye are in our hands we will spill your blood upon the ground or ye shall submit to the conditions which i have proposed and now when moroni had said these words zarahemna retained his sword and he was angry with moroni and he rushed forward that he might slay moroni but as he raised his sword behold one of moroni's soldiers smote it even to the earth and it broke by the hilt and he also smote zarahemna that he took off his scalp and it fell to the earth and zarahemna withdrew from before them into the midst of his soldiers and it came to pass that the soldier who stood by who smote off the scalp of zarahemna took up the scalp from off the ground by the hair and laid it upon the point of his sword and stretched it forth unto them saying unto them with a loud voice even as this scalp has fallen to the earth which is the scalp of your chief so shall ye fall to the earth except ye will deliver up your weapons of war and depart with a covenant of peace now there were many when they heard these words and saw the scalp which was on the sword that were struck with fear and many came forth and threw down their weapons of war at the feet of moroni and entered into a covenant of peace and as many as entered into a covenant they suffered to depart into the wilderness now it came to pass that zarahemna was exceedingly wroth and he did stir up the remainder of his soldiers to anger to contend more powerfully against the nephites and now moroni was angry because of the stubbornness of the lamanites therefore he commanded his people that they should fall upon them and slay them and it came to pass that they began to slay them yea and the lamanites did contend with their swords and their might but behold their naked skins and their bare heads were exposed to the sharp swords of the nephites yea behold they were pierced and smitten yea and did fall exceedingly fast before the swords of the nephites and they began to be swept down even as the soldier of moroni had prophesied now zarahemna when he saw that they were all about to be destroyed cried mightily unto moroni promising that he would covenant and also his people with him if they would spare the remainder of their lives that they never would come to war again against them and it came to pass that moroni caused that the work of death should cease again among the people and he took the weapons of war from the lamanites and after they had entered into a covenant with him of peace they were suffered to depart into the wilderness now the number of their dead was not numbered because of the greatness of the number yea and the number of the dead was exceedingly great 
both on the Nephites and on the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did cast their dead into the waters of Sidon, and they have gone forth and are buried in the depths of the sea. And the armies of the Nephites, or of Moroni, returned and came to their houses and their lands. And thus ended the eighteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus ended the record of Alma, which was written upon the plates of Nephi. Chapter 45 Behold, now it came to pass that the people of Nephi were exceedingly rejoiced, because the Lord had again delivered them out of the hands of their enemies. Therefore they gave thanks unto the Lord their God. Yea, and they did fast much and pray much, and they did worship God with exceedingly great joy. And it came to pass, in the nineteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, that Alma came unto his son Helaman, and said unto him, Believest thou the words which I spake unto thee concerning those records which have been kept? And Helaman said unto him, Yea, I believe. And Alma said again, Believest thou in Jesus Christ, who shall come? And he said, Yea, I believe all the words which thou hast spoken. And Alma said unto him again, Will ye keep my commandments? And he said, Yea, I will keep thy commandments with all my heart. Then Alma said unto him, Blessed art thou, and the Lord shall prosper thee in this land. But behold, I have somewhat to prophesy unto thee, but what I prophesy unto thee ye shall not make known. Yea, what I prophesy unto thee shall not be made known, even until the prophecy is fulfilled. Therefore write the words which I shall say. And these are the words. Behold, I perceive that this very people, the Nephites, according to the spirit of revelation which is in me, in four hundred years from the time that Jesus Christ shall manifest himself unto them, shall dwindle in unbelief. Yea, and then shall they see the wars and pestilences, yea, famines and bloodshed, even until the people of Nephi shall become extinct. Yea, and this because they shall dwindle in unbelief, and fall into the works of darkness, and lasciviousness, and all manner of iniquities. Yea, I say unto you, that because they shall sin against so great light and knowledge, yea, I say unto you, that from that day, even the fourth generation shall not pass away, before this great iniquity shall come. And when that great day cometh, behold, the time very soon cometh, that those who are now, or the seed of those who are now, numbered among the people of Nephi, shall no more be numbered among the people of Nephi. But whosoever remaineth, and is not destroyed in that great and dreadful day, shall be numbered among the Lamanites, and shall become like unto them, all, save it be a few who shall be called the disciples of the Lord, and them shall the Lamanites pursue, even until they shall become extinct. And now, because of iniquity, this prophecy shall be fulfilled. And now it came to pass that after Alma had said these things to Helaman, he blessed him, and also his other sons, and he also blessed the earth for the righteous' sake. And he said, Thus saith the Lord God, Cursed shall be the land, yea, this land, unto every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, unto destruction, which do wickedly, when they are fully ripe. And as I have said, so shall it be. For this is the cursing and the blessing of God upon the land, for the Lord cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. And now when Alma had said these words, he blessed the church, yea, all those who should stand fast in the faith from that time henceforth. And when Alma had done this, he departed out of the land of Zarahemla, as if to go into the land of Melech. And it came to pass that he was never heard of more, as to his death or burial we know not of. Behold, this we know, that he was a righteous man, and the saying went abroad in the church that he was taken up by the Spirit, or buried by the hand of the Lord, even as Moses. 
but behold the scripture saith the lord took moses unto himself and we suppose that he has also received alma in the spirit unto himself therefore for this cause we know nothing concerning his death and burial and now it came to pass in the commencement of the nineteenth year of the reign of the judges over the people of nephi that helaman went forth among the people to declare the word unto them for behold because of their wars with the lamanites and the many little dissensions and disturbances which had been among the people it became expedient that the word of god should be declared among them yea and that a regulation should be made throughout the church therefore helaman and his brethren went forth to establish the church again in all the land yea in every city throughout all the land which was possessed by the people of nephi and it came to pass that they did appoint priests and teachers throughout all the land over all the churches and now it came to pass that after helaman and his brethren had appointed priests and teachers over the churches that there arose a dissension among them and they would not give heed to the words of helaman and his brethren but they grew proud being lifted up in their hearts because of their exceedingly great riches therefore they grew rich in their own eyes and would not give heed to their words to walk uprightly before god end of alma chapter forty two through forty five Recording by Sarah Luann.